0: Our second scripture reading today comes to us from St. Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 13, verses 11 to 14. And I want to caution you as I begin uh, that this is not a typical reading we might be used to hearing on an Advent Sunday here in our church. But it is a part of the revised standard or common lectionary. And the lectionary is this group of texts, scripture texts, that all kinds of churches around the world are reading at the same time. And so let's listen for what God has to say to the church and God's word to you today. Listen. Besides this, you know what time it is and how it is now the moment for you to wake from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we became believers. The night is far gone. The day is near. Let us then lay aside the works of darkness and put on the armor of light, Let us live honorably as in the day, not in reveling and drunkenness, not in debauchery and licentiousness, not in quarreling and jealousy. Instead, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Maybe not a classic text for you. I want to say hi again to those who are at home watching online and worshiping with us at a distance, those listening to this as a sermon podcast later this week, and to all of you here in person, welcome to the season of Advent. One pastor put it this way and said that Advent trains us in hopeful waiting. This is a season where we're being trained or directed or invited to wait and watch for what God will do at Christmas. And the Advent season is a time of year that is full of things we look forward to. Year by year, we look forward to some certain things. Let us take just a second and maybe turn to somebody to share. What is something you're looking forward to in the weeks ahead? What something this Advent, this December, that you're going to really look forward to? You can't wait. Turn to somebody and share. What are you looking forward to this season? What's something? Tell them. (laughs) Tell them. Tell me. balcony. Tell somebody. That's right. All right. Some of you weren't so sure you could do that. That's okay. Uh, I wonder, I wonder, as we kind of gather back in, I wonder how many of the aspects of this next month, the things you're looking forward to that are coming up, are things that you will initiate or organize or plan or do And then how many of the things coming up this season are going to happen no matter what? You know what I mean? Some things are just going to happen no matter what. And then other things, well, you might have something to say about them. Somebody's like elbowing their spouse. Um, Today I want to give you a meta idea, a big idea for the season of Advent, for what this uh, season has for us. And here it is. There are two timelines operating simultaneously in the world. This, this might sound like a science fiction movie, but there are two timelines operating at the same time in Advent. Before I get into what that means, I wanna, I'll admit that I got this idea from watching the Golden State Warriors. So a lot of you know that I'm a Golden State Warriors fan, and here they are. And this season, the Warriors are operating on a two-timeline theory. The first timeline is that they can win now with some of their established veteran core, the championship guys, you know their names. Steph Curry and Klay Thompson and Draymond Green and Andre Iguodala, they've won before and they wanna win it again right now. That's their timeline. But then there's a second timeline where they have these younger players. Guys, you don't know their names. It's like Kuminga and Moody and Wiseman and you don't know them as well. But their timeline is they need to develop this year. They need to improve, to mature, to grow. And the Warriors, the the basketball team, are hoping that both of these timelines can happen at the same time. And maybe, if some of us are lucky, those two timelines will meet and we'll get a championship year. We'll see. Um, But these are the two timelines that the Warriors are operating on. And I want to suggest to you today that there are also two timelines happening during the Advent season. The first one is the timeline of what God is doing, and the other is the timeline of how we are living our lives. So the two timelines of Advent are related, God's action and our action. And maybe, if we're lucky, those two timelines will meet. So the first one is the one we know the most about. It's our own lives and habits in daily or weekly patterns. This is the stuff that we do day by day. Some of you know in the, in the New Testament of the Bible that there are two main Greek words that are used for time, two main Greek words for time, and the first one is chronos, where we get the word chronological from. Maybe you've heard that before. Chronos time, chronological time, is the time of human history. And this is the time that you can measure with your watch or with your clock, the time where you say, now it's November, now it's 2022, now it's how long is this sermon going to be, Pastor? That's the kind of chronological time we're talking about. And that's where we act on the human level. And so the question that we might ask this Advent season in this chronological time is this. What are you looking forward to? How are you and your family going to prepare for Christmas this year? What are the plans... You are making. I know that in my house, Theo, my young son, is already counting down the days until Christmas. He knows how many days it will be until Christmas. St. Paul is speaking to us on this level in our text today, this human level, this chronological time kind of level. He says, It is time for you to wake up this Advent season, this Sunday after Thanksgiving, on this very day. St. Paul says, Put off, or take off, or put away anything anything at all that would keep you from preparing yourself for the coming of christ anything that would entangle you or mess you up put it aside now is the time anything that would hold you back in your life of faith maybe whether it's good bad or ugly he says lay it aside and let it go because advent is this time for preparation for christmas so Paul, St. Paul, lists out a bunch of things that he, that he wants to include for us to hear. There are things like this. Let go of these things. He says, lay aside the works of darkness, reveling, drunkenness, debauchery, licentiousness, quarreling, jealousy, the works of the flesh. He says, this is the time, this Advent season is the time, if you've been waiting for it, it's now, to put those things aside and let those go. Put them off. Sometimes you have to say no to something, in order to get to the yes you're meant to have. Isn't that true? Sometimes you have to say no to something. You might say, I kind of enjoy that. It's kind of okay. No, say no to that, and then come to the yes that God has for you. I wonder if there's something that you need to say no to this season. I don't know if it's reveling in licentiousness. The choir's not here, I would say, point to them. But I don't know if it's that, but maybe it's um, busyness you know, the way that you need a little more space in your calendar. Maybe it's consumerism in that manic way that we hit buy on the, on the online uh, Black Friday sale or purchase things without fully thinking them through. Maybe you need to say no to the extra helping of food, that extra drink, that extra time on the Internet, that extra whatever. St. Paul is saying, put away, put aside, um, get rid of some of those things and do it as an act, a spiritual act of worship. Do it as a part of your faith, a way to prepare yourself to see Jesus as he comes. So just to reflect on this this idea, this chronological human-level idea, um, what are the choices and decisions that you can make this month, that you control, that you are in charge of, your own self, so that you can put Christ at the center? I wonder what that would be for you. I want to ask that same question of my own life and my own household as we prepare for Christmas. What are we going to say no to? What are we going to put aside so we can make space for the Christ who comes? But not everything is under our control, right? Everybody knows that. Not everything is under your control. It's not up to us. As the Scottish poet Robert Burns once put put it, the best laid schemes of mice and men often go awry. So this last week, uh, some of you know that Lisa and I went to visit some friends in New Mexico. And um, this idea of chronological time and the way you can't always control things, that came up. Um, Especially when things happen to us in our own travel tale of woe. Do you want to hear it? We had booked a flight direct from SFO to Albuquerque, New Mexico, just to visit some friends. Simple enough, two and a half hour flight. But a few days before the flight, we got a message from the airline saying that our flight had been canceled. And they had rebooked us, an indirect flight through Denver to get to Albuquerque. Mm. But don't worry, I went online and I rebooked us. I said, no, no, and I rebooked us on a direct flight to Albuquerque because everybody knows you should not travel indirect through Denver in bad weather, right? Remember that as we tell this story. So we got to the airport up at SFO in the morning got through security and got to our terminal, and we were waiting right outside our gate when they announced that our flight to Albuquerque had been canceled. And we were being rebooked on a flight through Denver. (laughs) So there was nothing we could do about it. You know, something is like out of your control. There were forces at work we couldn't understand or uh, be in charge of. Holiday travel, that's what it is. And so we waited at the airport about five hours, and then we went over to our gate for boarding time. And when we got to the gate, they told us, oh, no, you're not booked on this flight. You're booked on the same flight tomorrow, 30 hours after the original flight. Um, But the gate agent was very kind. He said, this must have been a mistake. I don't know how this happened. Let us see what we can do. You can fly standby on this flight. And so we waited and and as everybody got on, the the number of standby flight seats got less and less and then finally there was one seat left and so I took it. No, no. I stayed with Lisa in the airport for hours more. So we got bumped over to another standby flight where we waited and then we got on and and we were able to fly to Denver, snowy Denver. And we got to Denver, and we were so um, excited. In fact, I have a picture of us. We got on the plane. Let me see if we have it. Yeah, we finally made it. We we're in Denver on the flight going to Albuquerque. The plane backed up. They de-iced the wings, and we waited, Then we waited, and then we waited. And then the pilot came on to say that, that they had run out of time. They timed out. By rule, they had to go back to the place and get a different flight crew in there. So we went back to the gate. When we arrived at the gate, they said, oh, we're sorry to inform you. It's, it's too late to leave. You're staying in Denver for the night. So um, you're scheduled tomorrow morning at 6 AM. Be here. So they gave us vouchers. And so we were able to leave the airport. And so this is how we were feeling uh, once we left the airport, out in the snow, snowy Denver. <laughs> we went over to this little hotel. And we, we got to sleep uh, maybe after midnight. it had to wake up at 4 AM. We went back to the airport, 4 AM got on the flight at six, and then we heard your flight is delayed. But then finally it went to Albuquerque where we arrived 24 hours after we had begun our travels. So I'm telling you this story today partially to get your sympathy. Okay. (laughs) Obviously. But also to illustrate the way that sometimes things are out of our control, right? Beyond our control. Weather, huge crowds, airline policies and schedules, there are two timelines. One is the human level where we can make choices and do things. One is the level that's beyond what we can really know all about. Chronological time is like the 24 hours that we spent that should have been two and a half hours. But there's another kind of time. That's what I want to tell you today. There's another kind of time. In the passage we read today from the the New Testament, St. Paul says, You know what time it is. The word he uses for time is not chronos. It's not like you know what time it is. It's not. The word instead of chronos is kairos. Kairos is God's time in the Bible. This is the word the Bible uses for when God is up to something, and it's God's own timing. It goes beyond the limits of just our human story, just our own ability to operate and move in the world, our own decision-making. Kairos time transcends borders and situations, allowing God to be at work, even when we don't know what it means. God is bigger than and outside of human conceptions of time. You know, I was meeting with a family this week at church in my office, and um, with a couple, And they were asking big questions about what is next in their life, in their life together. Big questions. They were praying together. They were listening to each other. They were seeking out counsel from somebody that they trusted. They were reading. They were learning. What kind of time is that? It's Kairos time. It's God's time. It's holy time when a couple is doing that kind of work. As I listened to their story, it was clear that God was doing something, calling them towards something, but they didn't yet know what it was. It wasn't clear. They didn't know where it would lead. It wasn't just up to them to kind of calendar it and make a a decision. Here in Advent, this is a truth that we need to know. There are two timelines. Some of it's up to us. Like St. Paul said, take off this bad habit, take on this better habit, put these things away, and take on new ways of life. But there's another kind of time, another timeline, Kairos time that's beyond our control. Only God knows what it's about. The prophets of the Old Testament spoke about this kind of timing when they proclaimed and testified about the coming of Jesus Christ. They testified about how God wanted to redeem and save and help and love the world. And so people waited and watched for the coming of Christ for hundreds of years. The prophets spoke hundreds and hundreds of years before Jesus was born, until the time was right. And then, just then, in the, in the poetic words of, um, of Eugene Peterson, the word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. And that's what God did at Christmas. The coming of Christ is this way, the intention of God to come into the world. So we're all in God's kairos timing in in a way. There's a sense in which God is going to do what God is going to do, whether we notice it or not, whether we prepare for it, whether we celebrate it, whether we know what's going on or not. As the old prayer says, Bidden or unbidden, Christ is present. So Lisa and I were there stuck in Denver in the snow at the airport, and at one point Lisa turned to me and she said, You know, looking back over the past day or or a couple days, there was no way we couldn't have gotten to this exact moment. There's no way we wouldn't have gotten to this exact situation Everything we tried to do, every change we made, every way we tried to work the schedule, every decision we were making left and right, it kept working to bring us back to this exact moment in time where we were stuck in the snow in Denver. Once you start traveling, it's out of your control. Amen? Amen. Some flyers here. Once you start traveling, it's out of your control. Even if you try to make decisions and operate within it, it still kind of ends up beyond what you can handle. And there's an aspect to the season of Advent, which we're just entering today, that's just like that. Christmas is coming. Certain events and programs and special things will happen whether you join in or not. Christ will be born whether you shout it out and sing along or not. This is a good reminder for pastors. Christmas will happen whether you like it or not. Church leaders, good little Presbyterians, Making Christmas happen is actually not up to us. That's God's work. So the question is then, in that situation, what do we do? do, How do we act? How do we respond? And I think it comes down to our hearts, our inner selves, our, our true selves. I wonder what God is saying to you today as you hear this message, as you look into the weeks ahead that are leading up to Christmas. What is the question or the idea or the hope? that God is putting into your mind or heart today? What is it time to take off and put away and say no to? This season, what do you want to take on? What are you going to do about it? How will you act or live? What do you want to say yes to this year? I saw a great quote this week from Ronald Rollheiser, and this is what he said. He said, Gratitude is the basis of all holiness, The most holy person you know is the most grateful person you know. Whoa. So maybe it's enough for us on this Thanksgiving weekend to have grateful hearts, to thank God for the blessings in our lives, and to look ahead into the weeks to come, ready to put aside anything that would keep us back from following God, ready to take on anything that would enhance the meaning of this season and ready through it all for God to be the one who's really at work and in control of our lives. Chronological time and that sense of uh, human control is fleeting at best. Kairos time, God's time where we wait and watch to see what God will do, that, that lasts. It lasts forever. So as you wait and watch in this Advent season, may God's time fill you and lead you as you respond. Amen.